All right, so got some announcements first. So first of all, uh, we do have a lunch today after the service. Um, all are welcome to come. Um, it's being prepared by Carl and Scott Mandrell and their team, and they're having, it's a spaghizza. So just go and see what that is. It sounds pretty good. Um, all right. All right, so just a reminder that um, we do have those 6.30 um, Wednesday meetings. There's two more evenings this September. So this uh, next Wednesday and the Wednesday after, so the 20th and the 27th, um, we're having meetings uh, this Next Wednesday is an evangelistic service, we're calling it, with uh, Kent Dudley and his team. We're excited for that. And then after that, um, Tim Pomp and his team are coming for a revival service. So please come. Um, we had a good time this last Wednesday, good prayer time, worship time. Um, yeah. Um, there's a women's retreat, um, Northern um, Minnesota True Bridge women's retreat here at um, Ten Strike on October 27th and 28th. Um, so be thinking about that, getting ready for that. Um, registrations begin at 5 to 6 um, on that Friday night and uh, 9 a.m. that Saturday morning until 4 p.m. is how long it goes, I guess. Um, there's a new deadline for it. Um, the registration is um, October 4th, I guess. Um, there's brochures on the welcome table outside in the foyer, so check that out. Um, just an announcement from me and my wife for the youth. Um, program that we have here um, every Sunday morning, 9.30 of course, we, we talk about that, I give that announcement every week, but we are starting um, a new thing the, this September, um, as we go into this sort of new school year, this new semester I guess, um, we're looking into uh, Romans, a kind of a, a careful combing over a study of what um, Paul's doing in that book and what it means to be a Christian, what it means to have faith, that kind of thing. And just uh, seeing kind of where it kind of goes, where the, the Lord leads us in, in that. So we do encourage, um, if there are youth that aren't coming, um, to please come, um, check it out, and, you know, get the word. Uh, yeah. And that's for, you know, seventh up through high school and maybe even beyond. I mean, if you're going to college and you want to come, we, we allow that as well. We're not, we're not sticklers for the rules here. All right. So, the <laughs> so um, some other announcements. I'm from Kathy Cootley in the children's ministry. Um, this Sunday, um, the elementary age kids are studying um, Psalm 100 with Dan Modry. Um, in the preschool, they're looking, um, they're starting uh, lessons that are centering around God's creation and the beautiful world, um, Noah's Ark, and such things. Um, also, they would um, have you note that um, um, that we are having a Hallelujah night this year. On Tuesday, October 31st, so Halloween night, um, more details will be to follow, but just something to keep in mind. All right. And just a reminder about regular weekly things. Every Sunday, we have pre-service uh, 9.30 classes for all ages. The coffee bar is open, of course. And on Wednesdays, we have, um, from 9 to 2, the quilting group. Um, we have a, a lunch at noon. A 1 p.m. Bible study with um, Grandma Joyce and Grandma Glennis. And of course, at 6.30, this, this Wednesday, we have evangelistic service with Kenton Dudley and his team. Okay. So I do have a blessed life moment for you this morning. Um, just a reminder that tithe boxes are in the back and all that good stuff. And I'll say a prayer for our giving after I finish reading this. Uh, this doesn't have a title. But it starts with the verse uh, Matthew 6.21 that says, um, Wherever your treasure is, 
There your heart and your thoughts, thoughts will be also. Now it was Martin Luther who said that there are three conversions necessary for all people. Um, the conversion of the heart, the conversion of the mind, and then the conversion of the purse. Now it is tempting, of course, to take such a statement and place it before you this morning in order to say how stingy the heart of the common Christian can be, especially in the aspect of finances. I, however, do not feel that this is necessary. I think the further implication of Martin Luther's words is that the transformation that takes place when God and man exist in union is perhaps farther reaching into our lives than we can imagine. That the change, the change for better, mind you, extends to every facet of our lives and beyond, affecting the very atmosphere around us and the people that we come across. So yes, I bring you Luther's words about conversion this morning, to say that your finances are subject to your king, but this comes at no shock to us here, I hope. Our gathering every Sunday is a symbolic declaration of our service and a dedication of our lives to the only true God who has stood in the gap for us. Now, I've heard it said that we should give until it hurts, but in reality, it should hurt when we cease to give. We should realize what a great privilege, what a beautiful thing we partake of when we place our tithe envelopes in the back boxes there. This is no mere duty we perform, um, not for this organization, surely, nor are we blindly following some age set of rules written far beyond the consideration of the modern life. It truly is a step of faith, obediently coming into agreement with the truth that Jesus is your strong tower, that Jesus is your light and path, that Jesus is he who knocks at your gate, reaches out his hands, and asks whether you will follow, and you have responded, yes, Lord, yes, show me your way. So as we give this morning, remember that the person who is Jesus is your treasure. Let all your hearts and your souls, all that is within your possession, rest with him today. I can assure you that he will be faithful and that he will hold it all perfectly today, tomorrow, and always. So Father, I thank you that you are who you are and that who you say in your word you are, who you promise to be, is who you will be as we walk it out. So I just ask that you would increase in us the faith, that mustard seed that you've placed within each of us when we came to you as young Christians would grow and blossom into something bigger and grander. So that as we go out this week, as we give to others, as we give of ourselves, that it wouldn't be this taxing thing, that it would be something that would flow out of the goodness of who you are. In your name, amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you for... For that word, Peter. Pastor Dean, are we ready with that video clip? Yes? Okay. Um, I really do believe, you know, you're talking about salvation of the pocketbook. Well, the thing is, when our pocketbook gets saved, it gets full. I must have come out of here because it didn't come out of here. I mean, I wasn't even thinking that, but it was there. It gets full so we can help people. That's the point. Why do we want more money? It's so we can help people that need help because some people need help. Last, last week, we uh, had an offering for, it's a girlfriend of Justin Jansen, Alyssa Funenstein. And uh, actually, 
there was over $600 that came in already for that, but we wanted to extend that again this week, and we do a video this week. It's a news report from the cities. So, Dean, why don't we do that now? A central Minnesota woman is fighting for her life after a freak accident left her nearly paralyzed. 25-year-old Alyssa Funnenstein was sitting in a hammock with her boyfriend over Labor Day weekend when one of the 15-foot birch trees it was attached to came crashing down on top of her. She broke her neck and has months of recovery ahead. But as Nina Moyni shows us, her spirit is far from broken. People do it all the time. We've done it all the time. We're very adventurous, and we didn't expect something like this. Watching her four-year-old daughter play in a park near Bemidji, Alyssa Funnenstein and her boyfriend Justin Jansen set up their hammock between two large birch trees. They had no idea one tree was rotten from the inside. All of a sudden, just this big boom hit me in the back of the head. Alyssa's neck was broken. Unable to move at the time, she still found the strength to comfort her loved ones. Mm -hmm. and I told Abilene that it was okay that she could come sit by mommy and hold mommy's hands and that the, the doctors were going to come. She calmed me down, she calmed her daughter down, and uh, you know, she made us you know, understand that everything will be okay. Her attitude hasn't changed over the last 12 days at Hennepin County Medical Center. It's a big part of the reason doctors see Alyssa is already making progress, able to feel touch and praying she'll make a full recovery. If there's um, anything to, you know, to be said about your accident, and hopefully, uh, you know, it can prevent something like that from happening to somebody else. Always tell each other that you love each other. Thinking of others, Alyssa can't help but feel grateful for one gift. Abilene, who rarely leaves mom's side, wasn't in the hammock. It would have killed her. Like, there's no way she could have lived through that. Very, very blessed. You know, I would take a tree for her any day. We just want to appreciate every little miracle and just know that accidents happen and we're going to get through this like everything else. Alyssa will hopefully soon enter a rehab facility to regain mobility and strength. Her family did start a GoFundMe page to raise money for her ongoing medical expenses. For more information on that, you can visit WCCO.com slash links. Yeah, we certainly wish yeah, you her can well cut her there, best here. You can just cut it there. <clears throat> and so... For Alyssa, we are um, just saying if you would like to give something toward their support financially, you can just mark it on an envelope and put it in the box in the back and we'll get that all together um, and uh, bring it down to them. And uh, Jennifer, are you going to be sharing or Kelly? Which one are you? And Peter, could they use your mic? I think I'm going to have Linnea have you come up too at the same time. You can come up. Hallelujah. Last week, uh, Jennifer actually did our best life poem, and you did a great job. And uh, but uh, it was really like planting a seed or something. I mean, because she had a child at home that, did you say she couldn't walk? Yeah. She couldn't walk because of the Lyme disease or what was it? Okay, that should be good. It was hurting so bad we had to carry her around the house. 
um, that morning. So um, our update today is that um, after Sunday not being able to walk that morning and um, the pain gravita gravitating throughout that week, Tuesday, Monday she started feeling better. It was her first pain-free day. And Tuesday was her first pain-free, nap-free day. Um, with the Lyme, she had most days slept a good chunk of the afternoon away. And Tuesday was the first day that she really seemed like she was back to her old self again. And every day that Wednesday, she went back to pre-K and did great the whole day. So that, that was exciting. And we haven't had any issues since. good and his mercy endures forever we're glad you're feeling better Eva you're looking good are looking you shy? Good. <laughs> <laughs> Bo wants to say something and we want to introduce Bo this is Bo it's called B-E-A-U right? B-E-A-U, right? B-E-A-U. -E yeah. His name stands for handsome, and his middle name is Isaac, so his name means handsome and full of laughter. That's good. I like it. <laughs> oh, God bless you. Before you sit down here, I just pray over you. Thank you, Lord, for your hand upon, oh, we've seen your hand on this family many times. We thank you again for that, for Ava, Lord. For total healing and restoration that, that any Lyme disease remnants is just gone and out. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless this little one too. Hallelujah. I'll take the mic. And yeah. Actually, we're going to have a baby dedication on October 29. And I believe Bo is going to get dedicated and Anthony and Randy are going to dedicate a child. If you have a child you'd like to dedicate, you can do that. But last week after the service, as I was sharing, as you may remember, there was a word that the Lord had for us there. It was about some different things. But then Linnea had something, and she said, I almost came up there to share this, but she didn't. But I said, uh, do you still have that this morning? And uh, she said, yeah, it's still there. And so we'll have you share that. You can just stand up a little, like right there, me. <clears throat> Hello. Okay, there we go. So before I share that, actually, I wanted to share something um, kind of going off of what you were saying with no condemnation. A couple of days ago, I feel like the Lord was speaking to my heart, and um, he said, you know, guilt doesn't come from me. I was like, oh, that's kind of a random thought. And just the sense that guilt is a natural consequence of sin, and the longer we stay in guilt, the longer we stay in sin. And so he's like, just rise out of that guilt and come into my loving arms. And 
you won't be in sin anymore. So that was just kind of a little side note there. But about a week and a half ago, when um, some of the storms were at their greatest, like Hurricane Harvey, I know, and Irma, I was just kind of questioning God and asking him, like, like, why are you, like, is this you? Like, why is all this destruction happening? And just kind of having these thoughts wander in my mind. And, and of course, sometimes when you're having those thoughts, like, you open up your devotions, and it's, it's exactly what you need to read. And so I was reading in John 6, and it was the story where um, the disciples had left. It, it was after Jesus had fed the 5,000, and he kind of snuck away because I think people were probably trying to chase him to get more food. <laughs> but he kind of hid in the mountains, and and so the disciples decided to leave without Jesus, and they got on the boat, and um, it basically was a hurricane. There was violent winds, and a storm was going on, and I'm assuming that they were already really very scared and probably frightened. And then they see Jesus walking on the water, and I know you probably have all heard this story, but they see him, and it says they saw Jesus and they were frightened. And I was thinking, they probably already were frightened, so why did they see like their savior, their best friend, Jesus? Like, Why were they frightened? And some people say, like, oh, they think they saw a ghost, or they like weren't really sure, but I felt like the Lord was speaking to my heart and saying, like, people will sometimes see me in a storm and think that I'm the storm, or I'm bringing the storm, or I'm, I'm the one that's causing the fear in them, and they see me through a distorted view. <laughs> so the disciples didn't see Jesus for who he truly was to them, they saw him with this distorted view. They saw the waves around him and, and were scared. And he said, do not be afraid. I am. And I just got this sense that he was saying, I am your salvation. I am your provider. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am your salvation. I'm your savior. I'm your king. I'm your Messiah. And just the power that he was saying in those words. And when they realized it, it, the next verse is kind of interesting because they said they willingly and gladly accept him, <laughs> accepted him after they knew mm. who he was. And so just in my heart, and, and then this part of the story I didn't notice, it says the moment he stepped into the boat, the boat literally became a motorboat and immediately reached dry land. I think we kind of pass over that part, but just like that, they were at dry land. But um, I just feel like God's trying to, in the midst of all the chaos that's been going on in this world, it can be very easy to look at that and see this foggy, distorted, stormy view of who God is. And he's saying, don't do that. In these last days, you have to see me for who I really am. Because the world, they see God that way. They see God through the storm. And we need to see him as being the one coming to rescue us, being the one that's rising up and changing our hearts and our lives. And he is going to, with his powerful goodness, destroy the evil 
That's what, that's what he'll use to destroy the evil and the wickedness, is his powerful goodness. And so I just want us to challenge ourselves to not look at our circumstances and let that change our perception of the character and heart of God, but look at the character and heart of God and help that to change our perception of what our circumstances are. So that's just kind of what's been on my heart and hope it was encouraging. That's really good, really good, thank you. That's great, that's really good. Um, that's really good. <laughs> Let's let that sink in. I mean, that is so good. That is the truth. He comes as the Savior. He's the Savior. He's not the destroyer. But see, that's what the enemy does. He twists things. He tries to twist stuff. That's all he can do. He's really a defeated foe. So whatever your situation, whatever the storm is that you have, look to Jesus. He's the Savior. He's not the destroyer. That's the thief. Jesus isn't a thief. Hallelujah. Just a few words here. More this morning we'll share. The message title could be a new place, a higher level in the spirit. That's the word that the Lord had come forth last week. And a summary of it could be in this exceptional hour, God is calling us to a new place, a higher level of walking in the spirit. And these are exceptional times. I really believe that. They're exceptional. That means, Merriam-Webster says, abnormal, extraordinary, rare, uncommon, uncustomary, unique, and so forth. Um, but we are experiencing that on a lot of different levels, it seems. And um, part of that word that we had, again, was in this day, in this hour, this is the word that came forth. The Lord is calling us, that's you, it's us as individuals, but I believe as a church too, but the church probably, you know, to a new place in our walk with him. He is calling you to a new place in your walk with him. He's calling us to a higher level in the spirit realm. And by the way, Ruth, those songs were so on target, and I know I didn't give you this information. I just kept poking Joyce and saying, that's, that's the word we had last week. It's in that song. And then another song, the same thing. The Holy Spirit, I'm so thankful for that, how he leads our worship leaders with getting songs. Sometimes I'll let them know ahead, and that's, that's great, but other times they don't know. But there's a scripture from Philippians 3, starting at verse 12. This is Paul says, writing this. He says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. If Paul pressed on, you know what? It's probably a good thing to press on. I want to do that. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. 
lay hold of it. It's what Linnea was talking about. It's grasping who Jesus really is through all the fog and junk that the enemy tries to throw up with smoke screens and stuff. It's seeing through that stuff to who really Jesus is. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended and see Apostle Paul, who wrote so much of the New Testament, is saying that, that he hadn't reached perfection yet. There's nobody here that is either, we know. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the what? Upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind together in what we do know. Let's press on. This week, I've been having a song just keep up welling up inside and I've been singing it. It's one that we learned growing up. It's an old hymn called Higher Ground. I'm curious how many know that one. Keep your hand up a second. Okay, maybe about half the congregation, but it goes this way and I think it'll be on the screen there too. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. And then the refrain is, Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. See, walking by faith and not by sight. Walking on a plane that's not in the natural. It's like soaring like the eagle above the storm. It's walking in a place that's not on the natural place, plain, place, natural realm. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Verse 2. Can you read this with me? Just read it with me. It's not up there? Okay. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay. Isn't that good? Though some may dwell where those abound. Do you, I don't want to dwell where doubts arise and fears dismay, do you? And we, if we're honest, we all deal with those still. But we want, that's why we want the higher ground. Because we know we still are dealing with those things in our lives, but we want higher ground. Like this hymn writer said, my heart has no desire to stay there. My prayer, my aim is higher ground. And then listen to this verse. I want to live above the world, though Satan's darts at me are hurled. For faith has caught the joyful sound, the saint song of saints on higher ground. It's a joyful sound. And that's where the Lord's calling us to, that place, that higher ground than where we are. Now we're all at different places in the Lord, 
And then as a church, we're at a place that the Lord's calling us to higher ground. That's where we want to go. And then verse 4, listen to this. I want to scale the utmost height and catch a gleam of glory. Bright. Glory. That's the manifest presence of God. Anybody want to catch a glimpse of the manifest presence of God? Amen. Amen. But still, I'll pray till heaven I've found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Heaven, living in the heavenlies. We're citizens of heaven right now. We're citizens there right now. And walking that way and living that way. Living in that realm. No matter what's going on around us, walking and living that way. And seeing by faith Jesus in the midst of the storm. And seeing Jesus as our Savior. Our Savior. He's on our side. He's for us. He's with us. And he's in us. Amen. Okay. I'm going to read Philippians 3, 12 through 16 now from the Message Bible. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eyes on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus, to Jesus, to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal, those of us who want everything God has for us. Do you want everything God has for you? Yeah. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God is clear. God will clear your blurred vision. See, when you have your vision clear to who Jesus really is, total commitment and surrender, you're going to want to. Right, Linnea? God will clear your blurred vision. You'll... You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. Okay. I'm going to say this now as we come to closure we must train ourselves to be quick to follow or obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us that's part of that next level that new new place it's a higher level 
of following and or obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Like the prompting to give someone an encouraging phone call, for instance, or a text. To follow it promptly. A lot of times when we don't do it promptly, our mind, see that comes from our spirit where God imparts it. But if we let our mind take over, it'll talk us out of it. Or a following through and a nudge to see if one would like a, like a ride to church or whatever. Or how about bringing someone to church this Wednesday night for our evangelistic service? It could change their life forever. I mean eternally. And I'm going to have Kent come up here now and share just a little bit about Wednesday night. Hi, brother. Do I get to stand by you? Yes. Come on here. Love you, Pastor Steve. Love you, too. Praise God. Chantel and I watched a movie yesterday called A Case for Christ. Any of you seen that? Lee Strobel story. Um, He was a writer for the Chicago Tribune back in 1980. An atheist, proclaimed atheist, him and his wife both. But God began to deal with her first, and then also eventually Lee set out to find truth that would cast out the myth of who Christ is and who God is. But as we know, when there's truth, you can't take something away that's a rock. Amen? And so as he tried to disprove the Lord's existence, all it did was solidify the fact that Jesus truly rose from the dead. And there wasn't one thing he could do about it. Oh, there was one thing. He prayed and cried out for salvation. Earlier in the movie, his wife had given her heart to the Lord. And I know whenever we're watching a Christian video and somebody stops and falls on their knees and prays to receive Christ, I begin to cry every time. I don't care if I'm in a good mood, a bad mood, if I'm flying high or flying low that day. When that person, even in just a movie, surrenders their life to Jesus, I begin to weep. And that's how I know where my heart is. As Steve always says, I have a gift of evangelism, and I have never proclaimed that or thought that, but that's fine. If the shoe fits, I guess you wear it. But this week, bring some friends to church on Wednesday. If you don't have some, any friends, go buy a few and bring them in. And rent a friend, I don't know. <laughs> but we have family and friends that God is dealing with them. We don't have to force it. We don't have to manipulate it. It was like in this movie... He couldn't get past the fact or the point of why did he die on the cross? Why did he do it? And this priest just said, well, that's simple. Because of love. That really messed him up. 
That really messed his mind up. But what really clinched the nail in his heart was that throughout the transformation of his wife right before his eyes, she just kept loving him when he was mean and ornery and terribly rude to her. She just loved him. And see, that's really what will change people, is in spite of what they're doing, we take away all the storm, all the clouds, all the mist, all the waves, all the rain, and we just live Jesus right before their eyes. I shared on Wednesday night that this isn't about our feelings anymore. We, if we really want to see God for who he is, as Linnea shared this morning, if we really want to see the Jesus that's walking on the water for who he truly is, we can't get our emotions or our feelings wrapped up in it. Oh, I like emotion and I like feeling, but I believe in the last year and a half in my life, God is teaching me that it's not about my feeling. I want to know who the true God is. When you've had to bury two of your children... You can't be worried about feeling anymore. You have to be worried about faith. And I say that with a heart that longs to feel, but more so longs to have faith in Christ for who he is. Let's bring some people Wednesday. I don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes I think I get a message all prepared and you get these thoughts and then right before it changes. But bring some people out and you know what? Even ourselves, I need some evangelism in my heart this Wednesday. I really do. And so let's just prepare for that and pray. Just pray for the night, okay? Thank you. Yeah, why don't you stay here just a moment? I, I've, I've actually got a prayer request from Joyce and I. Maybe once you come up, Joyce, too. Uh, Joyce is her mom, Clara. Okay. When I showed the news clip, I forgot to say that Justin Jansen is Jen Pomp's brother. That's John, our John's Jin. That's his brother. Some of you know him, I know, and that's Mike Jansen's son. Mm -hmm. Is that important for people to know? Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> it is. Uh, so we just let you know that. that and they're going to be going down there this week. Uh, Jen was thinking of sharing herself about it with the congregation, but she says, you know, I just, it's too close yet it's too hard uh, and I think that's something that would happen to me if you were here a few weeks ago when we were talking about the hurricane which one was it the first one Harvey and all of a sudden I hit a wall I just and I was actually reading a thing about mom Rosabone Clara um, Joyce's mom and I just couldn't go any further. And I, I've had it before where I'll get that, where I'll get choked up. 
But if I pause a few moments, then I can continue. But there, I just, you were here, you know what I'm talking about. And then Dan and Angie took over, and that was great. But I, th I think maybe what I was sensing was more of what's happening now, what we found out since then. And I don't know if you, do you want to share anything? or sure. I'm like, I think that's still my mother has made the decision, she's asked us four daughters to help her um, go into a nursing home this Thursday. So Steve and I will be traveling there early um, Tuesday morning to meet with my sisters and my mother at the doctor. And then from there we'll go, we're gonna stay with her her last two evenings. And then Thursday, we'll bring her to her new home. And she has great peace. She has no fear about this. She's leading the way. And it's because she knows who Jesus is. Linnea, she knows who Jesus is. And so we're very, 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 very thankful for that. We're thankful for her, even though her, her outer man is growing weaker, her inner man is growing stronger. And we see that, we know that. So we rejoice in Jesus and his love. Thank you. Amen. And I ask Kent to stay up here so you could pray for us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. This whole world is not our home. We're just a passing through. You've laid up our treasure, Father, somewhere. The song says, Beyond the Blue. And that's, for Clara's just a, yeah. another stop along the way, but till her final stop with you, Lord. And we just thank you. But we do pray for Pastor Steve and Joyce. Give them travel mercy and watch over them as they go. And in the decision-making, Lord, let wisdom just come forth yes. of the where and hows and... Yes and all of the details and then but just to stay in that mindset that this is just a temporary setting yes. and father none of us ever plan for trouble or nursing homes or hospitals we don't set that aside in our calendar but lord god it, it always seems to show up and so lord i just pray give this family strength to walk through this next step in jesus name amen Amen. And so, we're closed service then now, and we have a fellowship meal, spaghetti. I know what that is. I never had it. Who's had spaghetti before? Nobody? Well, this is going to be interesting, isn't it? <laughs> So we'll have that, and uh, if there's anyone that would like prayer, please come forward, and we'll have altar ministers pray for you here. So God bless you in this week ahead as we shine the lights for him. Go into that next place. Amen. God bless you. <laughs>